Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also catch me live Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. I also do a little thing called Headlines with Heidi five days a week. You can find those at Vimeo. You can also find them at HeidiHarris.com. Recently, on one of my Headlines with Heidi interviews, I did, had a great chat with Rabbi Hanaya Weissman, whose column The COVID cult and the Ten Commandments really caught my attention. As a matter of fact, I basically highlighted some things in the column and shared different aspects of it and points that the rabbi made on my St. Louis show on Sunday night. And then I hunted the rabbi down from Jerusalem and got him on a podcast to talk about what the Jewish people are facing in Israel, how the Jewish government has sold them out. Rabbi Hananya Weissman, thanks for being here on the Heidi Hare Show. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. So here's what I want to know. Before we get to anything else, I want to talk about Israel. I am very, very pro-Israel, and I am brokenhearted by what I'm seeing. These are some of the smartest people in the entire world and some of the most vaxxed people in the world. Talk to me about why that's happening. What You're over there. You're in Jerusalem. You see it. What am I missing? Well, first of all, uh, smartness is very little to do with it. As we've seen, we see some of the most uh, ed- 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 educated people out there are running to get the vax, and people who just have street marts are, are, are not taking it. People who have common sense, because on, on a certain level, people who are smarter have the have a greater ability to outsmart themselves, to trick themselves into thinking that a bad idea is actually a good idea. Whereas a simple person, or even a child who just has very basic intelligence, sees that this is just not a good idea. He can't think of you know, fancy theories and fancy ways of making silly things sound really intelligent. They just know that this, this doesn't sound good for them. So that, that's part of the problem. Also, in, in, in Israel, Jews tend to be very trusting of the government. See, this is a big problem. I am personally extremely pro-Israel. I, I love the people of Israel and the land of Israel very, very much. But the government of Israel is not really a Jewish government. They don't rep, represent the Jewish people or, or even the people of Israel. They don't follow Jewish law. They don't follow the laws of the Torah. And people who live outside of Israel, it's very hard for them to to understand the difference. But there's a big internal struggle for really the soul of Israel between Jews who really want Israel to be a truly Jewish state and those who want it to be a nation just, just, just like all the other nations. Interesting. I had never thought about that. So it's more of a secular government is what you're saying. Extremely secular government. They're actually anti Torah in many, many ways. Wow. So that's why people are. So it's interesting that people you you point out that there are some very common sense people who may not have the high education of others who have looked at this and said, I'm not getting this thing. And they're asking a lot of questions, which you have, too. You've got a column, by the way, it's up at my website, HeidiHarris.com. And we can we'll mention your website in a minute. 31 reasons why I won't take the vaccine. I want to talk about that first, because some of the things you mentioned are the concerns that I think anybody with half a brain cell should have, such as, A, it's not a vaccine, which has been proven by what they've said. You talk about the fact that there, there's, you know, there's nothing, there's no liability for the drug companies. I mean, what, what's amazed me, just even a couple of things, A, it came to market so quickly, and B, anybody who asks a question is silenced. I mean, those two alone ought to have people take pause, correct, Rabbi? Oh, absolutely. Look, one of the other reasons that I have, which is similar to those, is that the best way to get me to not do something is to try to bully me to do it or blackmail me to do it. Right. So, I mean, just the fact that people are not even allowing people to ask questions, to seek more knowledge and and, 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 and information that, that, that they call people names, they make fun of them, they bully them, they pressure them, they mock them simply for having questions about something that is very new, that's never been tried before. 
And it's something that is quite likely permanent. But once this is in your body, we don't know that you're ever able to get it out or undo the effects that it has on you. Right. And any rational person would be con concerned about that. It has nothing to do with being selfish or protecting your life or other people's lives. It's just a purely rational instinct that a person has to take care of his health and to have knowledge of what he's putting into his body. And if other people are not going to respect that, then you should not want that in your body. That's true. Then well, there's that's so true. And you put you sent me a call this morning about the fact that three quarters of the people are not getting their children the vaccine. Maybe they're waking up. Is there hope? This look, there is there is always hope, even for the people who did take the shot. Those people can pray, first of all. Maybe the shot was not the the maybe the shot was defective in some way. Maybe the effects can wear off, or maybe there can be some antidote for it. There's always hope as long as people are alive. And they turn to God. But if people have made poor choices in the past, they've taken one, two or three shots, they have to stop and change course. They have to stop and change course. And they definitely shouldn't give it to children. Right. And one of the points that you made, too, is you said, I can reduce my chances in your 31 reasons why I won't take the vaccine. You said, I can reduce my chances of getting a severe case of the virus by strengthening my immune system naturally, which makes perfect sense. I've had COVID. I had it a couple of years ago, very early on. Even my mother came out the other day and said, oh, well, now they're saying the natural immunity is better than a vaccine. I said, mom, I've been telling you that for two years and maybe more and more people are waking up to it. But, you know, whenever there's any kind of pandemic lab created or otherwise, the people who are unhealthy are going to die first. I can't speak for Israel. Obviously, you're there. I'm not. But in America, everybody's so fat and they all have high blood pressure and they smoke and this and that. No wonder they're dying in huge numbers. But nobody ever talks about that. Talk about that, Rabbi. Well, look, I, I can tell you that one of the greatest Jewish rabbis who ever lived, we know him by his acronym, the Rambam, Moses Ben Maimon. He was, uh, he's, he's known as Maimonides. Many ho ho hospitals to this day are named after him. He lived approximately 900 years ago in Spain, and later he uh, moved to, 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 uh, to, to, to Israel. The, and I think he moved to Israel at the very end, end of his life. But anyway, he, he, was, a, he was a top doctor of, of, of his time, and he wrote a corpus of Jewish law at the very be beginning of that corpus, he talks about living a healthy lifestyle because he says a person who doesn't have a healthy body is not going to be able to have a healthy soul. He's going to be dealing with illness and weakness, and he's going to be tired all the time. He's not going to be able to serve God properly. So right. step one to having a healthy soul is living a healthy lifestyle. And he talks about sleeping for an average of eight, eight hours a night, eating a healthy diet. And so many things that we take for granted today, he was always telling people back then, he wasn't talking about you know, chemical drugs or things like that, just basic steps to stay healthy. And then he guarantees at the end of that section that those who listen to him are never going to need a doctor. Now, he himself was a doctor. So he was essentially trying to put himself out of business because he cared about people's health. He was trying to keep people healthy so that they shouldn't need to see a doctor. Right. Whereas the pharmaceutical comp companies today, they want you to need them for everything, right? If a person is having a bad day, a person is having a bad, bad mood, they can't handle the stress in their life, They'll be more than happy to give you a pill for that. Any physical or emotional or mental problem a person has, they'll give you a pill. And every pill has a side effect. So then you have to take a second pill to counteract the side effects of the first pill. And it never ends. They, they keep us chronic patients for everything. They're taking healthy people and turning them into chronic patients because that's where the money is. A true doctor wants people to be healthy so that he never needs to see you at all. Right. No, that makes such perfect sense. Let's talk about, and, I'm, and once again, this is 31 reasons why I won't take the vaccine. Excellent explanation. And it's up on the HeidiHarris.com website. I'll give you the rabbi's website at the end of our conversation so you can find it there or my website. Because I'll tell you what, Rabbi, I'm putting things now up on my website. I'm putting them on Twitter and Facebook, but I also put them on my own website because I'm so tired of things being taken down. Uh, YouTube kicked me off because I had questions about the vaccine. 
I've never, ever given medical advice. I'm not qualified, but I've asked questions. I've had guests on who've asked questions. I don't make Joe Rogan money, but I have interviewed people who have questions about the vaccine and they shut it down. So that's what we're all dealing with, as you know, and you talk about that in your column. Now, this was fascinating. This was the COVID cult and the Ten Commandments. As I mentioned, there's so many people of faith now, or even people who are not of faith, who who won't believe in a higher power, whatever it might be, and yet they'll believe in big government. They think that some pharmaceutical person or some public health official has their best interests at heart. And that's really kind of the, the main thing you're talking about with the COVID cult, COVID cult and the Ten Commandments. Well, look, everybody has a place in their soul where, where they need God to be filling. Really, God is, is everywhere. Everybody needs God to be in their life. And those people who don't have a place for God in their life, that void is going to be filled by some other higher power. Yes. Whether they're following science or some kind of an authority figure, government, money, their own passions, or even a sports team. They're going to fill that service that should be towards God. They're going to fill it with some, some other thing, which is always going to be cheaper than, than what God really is. So uh, people, if, if they don't turn to God, they're going to find the false God. No, that's true. I'm not going to read the entire column. People can read that also on my website at the COVID cult and the Ten Commandments. But one of the things you said that there are inductees into the COVID cult must check their recognition of God at the door. And there are certainly religious people who join the cult, but they recognize other authorities as their ultimate lords and masters. To your point, that's exactly what they've done. They, they're going to follow somebody and they're choosing to follow these public health officials, assuming that these people have their best interests at heart. And that, that's the point I keep getting stuck on. These people don't care about anyone else. If they cared, they wouldn't be trying to stick this jab into children with very little testing. I mean, we know that. Sure. I mean, when, when have governments ever cared about the people? Governments right. only care about, you know, con controlling the people and, and staying in power. They've never cared about the common person. That's true. You also said COVID cultists have been duped into believing they cannot survive in this world unless they enslave themselves to medical diktats forever. God will not protect them any other way. Boy, that's so true. Yeah, look, the fact is that for the first thing that happens when, when a child is born is the doctors come out with their needles and they're injecting them now with dozens of vaccines. It's the very first message we're sending to a child is you can't make it in this world without us sticking you with drugs. Mm. I don't know how old you are, Rabbi, but I, I'm older 43. than you are. 43. Okay. I'm older 43. than you are, but I understand that the amount of vaccines given even to people your age, not to mention, as you mentioned, children now is just outrageously higher than when I was a kid. Yeah. And, and children are sicker today than they've ever been before. They have more mental problems, physical problems, health problems, attitude problems, their learning issues. I mean, I'm not that old, but I still re remember when there wasn't a peanut allergy, where maybe right. you had that one kid in the school who had asthma and he brought the asthma inhaler with him, but that was it. He didn't have kids allergic to everything. He didn't have kids acting out the way they're acting out today. And I look, I don't know that vaccines are the reason for that. Obviously, it's very com complex and there's many layers to it. But the fact is, the more drugs that we've given children to solve all the problems, we've only wound up with many, many more problems. Well, and it goes back to what you were saying about how doctors today want to give you pills. They don't want to solve your problem with telling you to change your diet. For example, I have arthritis and I finally quit eating sugar. I know it contributes to it. Doctors don't tell you that. But it makes it, I feel a lot better when I don't eat sugar because it causes inflammation. It causes inflammation in your heart. Nobody tells you that. You know, all these things because they'd rather give you a pill, rather give you some statin drug or something else than tell you to stop eating this or that because they don't make their money off those kind of things. Absolutely. It's also easier for them. In fact, it's about 10 years, years ago, I, I went for a blood test and my bad cholesterol was slightly high. Now, the men in my family have a history of heart problems later in life. I was in my early 30s. I'm thin. I'm in good shape. I play sports and it was only slightly high. 
But nevertheless, I, I take these things seriously. So I went to my doctor and he said I should take Lipitor. So I asked him, what are the side effects of Lipitor? He said, everything under the sun. Those were his exact words to me. I said, thank you very much. Not interested. So I went to a new nutritionist. I changed my, made very slight changes to my diet. I cut out the sugar, the processed food, the worst of the worst. I'm not some health nut that only eats roots and twigs. Right. I still enjoy some sweets once in a while, but I cut out the worst of the worst. And my numbers got better very, very quickly. So I don't think my doctor was a bad person was trying to make money. So why, first of all, would he tell me to take a drug with every side effect under the sun to solve a relatively minor problem. And why wouldn't he even volunteer what the side effects were until I asked him? Because I, I just think it's because that's what people are looking for. People are looking for a quick fix. Just give me a pill and I don't wanna have to think about it anymore. And if I have a problem in 20 years from the drug, then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll take another drug to solve the first problem. So that's just what most people want. Most people are not looking to live a healthy lifestyle. It takes a little bit more work, at least at the very outset, but then people get used to it and they and, and they get used to living a healthier lifestyle and they feel better. You don't need drugs to solve all your problems. No, that's true. I had a doctor a couple of years ago, a breast doctor, recommend a pill to me. He said it prevents breast cancer and it strengthens the, your bones. And I said, really? One pill can do all that. <laughs> I, I never filled it. I'm thinking, what do you, I, I don't even know what it is, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But but you're right. You have to look into these things for yourself. We're speaking, by the way, with Rabbi Hanaya Weissman. Did I say that right? Hanaya? It's close <laughs> enough. Yeah, right. Uh, the COVID cult and the Ten Commandments is his most recent column. He's written many books. He's got videos online. I was telling you earlier, I watched your funny video called Single Jewish Male the other day. It was excellent. It was on YouTube. And you talked to some Jewish guys who are single and, and they seem like very nice guys. And it's let's talk about that for a second, because it was really sure. fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, my, my, my big passion be, be before I tried to save the world from COVID and vaccines and all of this nonsense was actually trying to uh, bring true Torah values back to the Orthodox dating scene, which is a mess like dating and courtship all over the world. A lot of these issues, I think everybody can re relate to, but you have some that are particular for, for the Orthodox Jewish world. And that's been a big passion of mine because look, Judaism and really all of human life is based on having a healthy family unit. And we want marriage between a man and a woman and to pr produce children and have a healthy, happy home. And there, that, that has been very difficult, at least in recent times. Our parents and our grandparents had a much easier time forming you know, healthy, happy homes than we have today. And there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. And unfortunately, most people are not doing that. So I've tried in my own way to, to make things better. Yeah, it's great. Now, you mentioned Shadduchim. Am I pronouncing yes. that correctly? Now, yes. what, what is that? Tell, tell the Gentile what that is. So that's basically the modern Hebrew word for courtship, marriage, matchmaking, okay. that sort Got of it. thing. Okay. Got it. All right. So, and you know, it, you know, it's always hard and nowadays it's, it's, I don't know, it, it seems like it's harder than ever. And people, like you said, people want a quick fix. They want, you know, immediate, whatever it might be. And, and they're just not willing to, to work out the problem sometimes once they do get married. I see a lot less of that nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Look, the fact is that uh, people uh, get their dating advice, I think, from Hollywood, which is the worst place that they should get it. I mean, the, the actors in Hollywood have the worst ma marriages possible. They're all, you know, living, li living in hell in their right. in their family life. But people see romance in the movie. Look, the, the average arc of a ro I don't watch movies, but I, I've seen them in my youth anyway. The average arc of a romance is people fall instantly in love. They, they lock eyes. They fall in love immediately. They have a very in, in, intense, passionate courtship. Then they have some kind of a fight and then they make up and then they live happily ever after. And real life doesn't work like that. I mean, everybody wants that magical story where, you know, you, you, you knew as soon as you saw this person, this was the person that you were going to marry. Maybe there are some people who have that experience, but generally speaking, that's not going to happen. It happens in a much more natural, slow process where you gradually get to know a person. You don't ne necessarily feel sparks or lightning until very later on. And maybe you never even feel it at all, but you just 
you know, get to know a person and you realize this is a really great person that I could have a wonderful life with. And you gradually grow to love that person. That's not the way it works in Hollywood, but that's the way it works in real life. However, when people transfer what they see on the screen or read in books to, to their actual dating experiences and their dating experiences are more neutral or more flat, they say, it's obviously not the right person. I'm not feeling any sparks. Whereas right. this person might be treating them wonderfully. They might share their values and make a, a, an excellent spouse for them. But because they're expecting something different or they're expecting it to happen much sooner than is reasonable to, 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 for, for that to really happen, they turn down people that are, that are not right for them. And they wind up settling for jerks where there might be more passion. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And, and people don't want to, you know, they want to get married while everybody's healthy and good looking and employed. And the minute any of that changes, they're out the door or they're, like you said, the Hollywood fantasy of the, the actual day-to-day -day life that you have when you're married that's far more meaningful than this other stuff that you're talking about. They don't even understand. And what's so sad is we're now seeing second and third generations of people who never grew up in an intact family. So they don't yeah. know what a healthy marriage is because they never saw one. Yeah. And it's also that people people are tending to, to, to uh, approach dating looking at the other person, what does this person have to offer me? How right. are they going to make my life better? Whereas it's a woman looking for a man, you know, the prince riding in on the white horse, showering her with gifts and wealth and, and an easy life, or the man looking for the most, you know, for, for the prettiest woman in, in the room to be his trophy wife. It's, it's, it's all what the other person can do to make my life better. Whereas in, in a really healthy marriage, it's not about what I'm getting from the other person, but what I'm giving to the other person and what we are building as a single unit. It's right. what we're giving to each each other. And in the course of marriage, it might be that, that the, you know, the, the, the rich husband loses his job and loses his money. So then his wife's right. going to walk out on him or is she going to help him build up again and give him strength in the hard times? Or, or if the wife gets sick during childbirth, let's say, is the husband going to be there for her and help her? Or is he going to run off because he can't handle it? Right. Marriage right. is about being there for the other person, not just taking from the other person. That's true. And when you talk to, you know, some of these younger people ought to talk to people who've been married 40 years because they've gone through the same things that 20 year olds and 30 year olds go through in their marriages. They've just weathered through. They've put their you know nose to the grindstone and they've made it through. That's the difference. That's the commitment. Right. People have to enter marriage knowing that this is a lifetime contract. It's not I'm going to stay with it as you know as long as things are good, but I'm really going to make it work. Now, of course, there's some marriages that aren't meant to be, or sometimes people change or things change, and the best option is to end the marriage. But generally speaking, people have to fight to keep that marriage going, especially when there are children involved. There's the worst thing in the world that a child can experience is where the parents are splitting up. It, it, it's setting the child on a spiral of trauma and quite possibly having their own marriage problems later on in life. It's the worst thing that they could do for a child is to see the parents fighting and eventually breaking apart. It's the yeah. worst thing that they can do. Parents really have to fight to keep the marriage going. Yeah, I've never, I've, only, I've been married once, only once. I've been married 20 years now, but I went through a divorce. My parents divorced, you know, and you, as a child, you go through it too, just as much as they do. And it's, it's, it's what, you know, anyway, it's, I don't want to talk about me. All right. One of the things you also mentioned, and we're talking about the COVID cult and the 10 commandments column with Rabbi Hanaya Weissman. Uh, number nine, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, which is so true, or your fellow, you say. And that's true, all the name calling. We've been called conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxers, anti-science, ignorant, all the names we've been called over the last two years. Yeah, these names don't 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 even have any meaning. Nobody's ever bothered to de define what, what these words mean, because even like the word vaccine, it changes to suit the needs of the time. What right. does it even mean to be a conspiracy theorist? Every two people, whoever committed a crime together, Con conspired to c c commit a crime. Everything is a con con conspiracy. It doesn't mean 
that you believe every wacky theory that's out there. It means that you think that there's more than one person out there who's doing something bad, which could be a pharmaceutical company or a government, and they do bad things all the time. So that doesn't make you a crazy person to, to think it might be happening again. That's true. And the 10th commandment, you said you will own nothing and they will be happy. Isn't that true? Because, you know, certainly here in the States, you had churches closed, houses of worship closed, and, and liquor stores were open. You could go to the big box stores and buy whatever you wanted to. They decided whose business was, you know, essential. I don't know how it went in Israel, but that's how it went over here. Well, it was, it was a lockstep everywhere. I was actually re referring in that. It was, it was a takeoff on Klaus Schwab, that Nazi in the World uh, Eco Economic Forum. Their, their vision for the future is that you will own nothing and you will be happy. Uh, you know, the, the Torah allows everybody to own personal property and we don't let other people tell us what we need to do to be happy. We choose for ourselves what makes us happy in life. But that's their vision for the future where the governments of the world are really not even the governments, but the people who actually own the governments, the, the so-called uh, 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 elites of the world, they will own everything and they will be the ones who are happy and we will just be their serfs or their slaves. Yeah. Do you think Israel has learned any lessons after this? I mean, it seems like at this point, it seems as if the masks are coming off in more places, the vaccine passports are evaporating. Of course, that doesn't eliminate the damage that's possibly done to people permanently for getting this experimental jab. We all know that. But what, what do you think is going to happen down the road with Israel? Well, again, Israel, they, you have to se separate the government of Israel from the people of Israel. The government of Israel is evil. The government of Israel is in lockstep with all of this. They signed this contract with Pfizer. They sold out the citizens of the country to be guinea pigs for Pfizer. They've been totally open about that, that they're sharing our medical records with Pfizer. They're forcing us to be their guinea pigs in order to transfer the data to Pfizer. And I think on an even deeper level, they've done it to whitewash what they're doing because people are going to say, well, if Israel is doing this to their citizens and if the Jews are doing it, it can't possibly be a Holocaust. And anybody right. who says it's a Holocaust is an anti-Semite. They're trying to, to whitewash it. I'm a rabbi living in Israel. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm telling you straight off, this is a Holocaust in progress. Yes, it's being perpetrated in part by the government of Israel. And you're not an anti-Semite if you say that. And you're not anti-Israel if you say that. Now, people could hijack that. True anti-Semites might hijack that and say that all Jews are doing that. They have their own, their, their, their own, their own agenda. But I'm a person of truth. And I'm here to tell you that this is a Holocaust that's happening. And people who have lived through the Holocaust themselves have said the very same thing. Okay, so the, the government of Israel has sold out the people. The prime minister of Israel, by the way, Bennett, received only 6% of the popular vote in the last round of the election. That's 6% more of the vote than I got. Okay, he, he's, he was not a very popular person. He only, got the, he only got the job as prime minister because he made a whole bunch of deals with his party after the election. But he only got 6% of the vote. So he doesn't really speak for the people of Israel. He's doing his own thing. And the fact is our lives, all of our lives have radically changed over the last couple of years. And we didn't have any say in any of it. Nobody ever asked us if we wanted the masks, the shots, the lockdowns, all of these rules and re restrictions for our own good. Nobody ever asked us and we, we didn't have any say of it. So we're, we're not living in free countries anywhere in the world. At the very most, we have the opportunity to vote for the puppet that's going to rule over us, but we're not really living in free countries anywhere in the world. Right. The only freedom comes from, you know, your spiritual state. And, you know, the, the problem, certainly in America, I can say our problems are spiritual. They're not political. We have people who have no spiritual basis voting for bad politicians again and again and again. I'm sure you're seeing that in Israel. Right. But oftentimes you don't you don't really have any good politicians to choose from in the last round of the uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's the truth. It's, true. it's the truth. In, in, in the last round of the uh, elections in, in Israel, there wasn't one incumbent party in Israel that was against 
the, the vaccine passports, the mandates, the restrictions, the masks, any of that stuff. Now, now think about this, because Israel is a po polarized country. You have right wing and left wing and religious Jews and non-religious people and anti-religious people and Arabs and Christians. you got everything under the sun in Israel, and they never agree on anything. The politicians hate each other. OK, and for the first time in Israel's history, they all agreed on one thing. Mm. You have to force people to take shots and wear masks and lock down and people have no human rights. Somehow they all got together on the same page. So obviously there's something dirty going on over here. No question obviously, about that. Sold out. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me mention my sponsor real quickly. Boss Security Screens and my sponsor. If you're concerned about security, obviously everybody is. These screens are amazing. I've got them in my house. They look like regular screens. I know you probably haven't seen these, Rabbi, because you're in Israel. They look like regular solar screens, but if you hit them with like a hammer or whatever, you can't get through throw a chair. You can't get through. They're amazing. And you can get out easily in the case of any kind of, you know, fire or kind of emergency or to clean them or whatever. They're amazing. Boss security screen, 702-637-0255. Y'all can see that on the screen, or you can go to bosssecuritiescreens.com. They'll be happy to come out and give you a free estimate. Great people, bosssecuritiescreens.com. What's happening with the Israeli military? Are they making them all take the shots like they're doing to us here? Yes, they did. And uh, it's, it's going to be de 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 devastating for the idea after taking our healthiest, youngest people, our soldiers, and they are shooting them up with these drugs. Now, Ugh. could this be some external foreign plot to weaken the uh, yes. Israeli army and eventually take over the country? I don't know. But they force the soldiers to do it. In fact, there are horrible, horrible stories about the, uh, you know, the, the, the officers waking up the, 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 the average soldiers in the middle of the night when they're groggy and telling them to go get their vaccines. And only a few people who really have their wits about them when they're dead tired were able to stand up to the pressure because technically they're not forcing you, right? They're, they're weakening you. They're frightening you. They're bullying you. The soldiers who, who don't take the shot are isolated and bullied and pressured and treated very, very badly. So, but they're technically not forcing you because the definition of forcing somebody has been morphed into holding somebody down and actually sticking it in their arm against their will. Right. But making their life hell is not called forcing them in this new world that we're living in. So they have for forcibly injected the, the vast ma ma majority of the uh, of the soldiers in the army, and they've done the same thing in the army in the States, from, from, from what I understand. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, soldiers over there have a very hard time getting out of it, and it's not good. I think it might be part of a foreign takeover to weaken the U.S. Army, to weaken the Israeli Army. So whether it's China or God knows who, absolutely. eventually change, change, change the way things are done. I don't now, doubt it. Now, for, for your first question, am I hopeful? I am extremely hopeful. I am absolutely certain that this story is going to have a positive ending and God is going to redeem us. The question is, how long is this going to last and how bad is it going to get? That is anybody's guess. And that's why we all have to turn to God to pray to him, to, to, to repent our sins, to do good deeds for others and to truly turn to God. He will save us. The story has a happy ending. And I know it's going to have a happy ending. As, as, as far as Israel, there will not be a Holocaust in, in uh, Israel again. God did not bring us back after 2000 years of suffering and per perse persecution to have another Holocaust in Israel. Now we do have troubles over here, but God brought us back as a blessing and we are, we're, we're, we're going to go through some scary times because even the Jews in Israel, they have to wake up and truly turn to God and not turn to the government or the, or, or, or the army or the UN or the USA to give them money and weapons and save them. The Jews in Israel have to turn only to God, put their strength only in God, and he will save us. So what God is doing right now is he's showing us that you can't trust the government because the government is evil. You can't trust the army because the army is all vaccinated and they're probably going to get sick when, when, when right. the time comes. They can't, they can't trust the U.S. 
The U.S. is going to turn its back on Israel. They've turned their back on every other country that counted on them. The U.N. can't stand Israel. I don't even know why Israel is part of the U.N. If I was the prime minister, the first thing I would do is, is walk right away from the U.N. So when the Jews see that they can't count on anybody else but God, when their back is against the wall, then they will turn to God and they will cry to him and pray to him and then God will save us. That's probably how the story ends. But people need a wake-up call. You know, you don't have enough people who are truly to, to, turning to God, doing it the easy way. So they have to learn the hard way through difficulties and suffering. Eventually, they will turn to God and then God will save us. But there is not going to be a Holocaust in Israel. You know, it's so interesting. As you're speaking, I'm thinking of the book of Ezekiel when you know people were warned again and again. And then they will know that I'm the Lord. And then they will know that I'm the Lord. And then they will know, that, you know, again and again and again and again. How many times do you have to prove hello? And then they will know that I'm the Lord. And it's right. This is a wake up call for people. They, I, Hopefully they won't hit the snooze button. Hopefully they'll pay attention. Well, pe people are waking up. I mean, look, I, if I talk like this five years ago or 10 years ago, and I did, people would laugh at me. You know, you're talking about God. It makes people uncomfortable, right? Wow. Now now it's it's normal for people to talk to God, to to to, to talk about God, to talk about re, 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 redemption, that we're really living in special times. We see things in the world happening that don't make any sense. All of the world leaders, almost all of them, are total fools. I mean, Biden doesn't even know if he's dead, 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 or, dead or alive. You have Bennett, like I said, who got six... <laughs> Bennett got 6% per, per of the vote. If he ran today, he would get probably zero. Nobody likes him. You look at Boris Johnson. I mean, these people are fools. Yeah. Canada, what's going on over there with the leader? Yeah, the, the leaders of the world are complete morons and yes. evil people. How did they get elected, right? We're living in very, very special times where, where the structures of the world are being torn down and crumbling and people are going to be forced to, to see that they that 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 all of us have been living in, in in a world of lies and falsehood and then turn only back to the truth and turn only to God. That's what I'd like to see. Rabbi Kanaya Weissman, your website is kanayaweissman.com, correct, sir? Yes. I looked at it today. Please check out his books, his columns, his videos. You can find him on YouTube. I love the single Jewish male and you've done a lot of other. Tell me about the funny ones that you've done too. Kind of well, I, I did a series of short films called the Shidduch Chronicles, which is based <laughs> loosely on my own experiences. And they're mostly comedies, but they have a serious un, uh, under, uh, undertone to them. I made four short films. I actually have scripts for others, which I hope to do in the uh, future. And it's basically the, the, the pain of being single, some of the foibles that you go through being single as an Orthodox Jew. And you don't have to be an Orthodox Jew to really see what's, what's, what's oh. going on. And, and you get a little flavor for dating in Israel also. Right. Well, that's that's you know, it's being single is yeah, it's I don't know if it's harder than it's ever been, but it's certainly a challenge at this point. There's no question about it. Well, Rabbi, so great to talk to you. Shalom. I appreciate your time. And uh, I agree with you. There's hope. There's always hope. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's Rabbi Hananya Weissman. I know I kept pronouncing it wrong and I was doing the interview. It's Hananya. It's C-H-A-N-A-N-Y-A. Hananya. Weissman, and you can find his information. You'll see it in the description of this podcast. All right. Great talking to him. It was really refreshing to hear from someone like him. He's pretty amazing. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can find me Sunday nights live in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time on 97.1 FM Talk. You can find my podcast and my videos. I do them five days a week. I call them Headlines with Heidi. Short videos about the news, you know, a couple of news headlines every day. You can find all that at HeidiHarris.com or on Vimeo. I also put them on Facebook at Heidi Harris Show Facebook page on that page. Uh, so anyway, the best place to go is HeidiHarris.com because that's something that so far the tech giants haven't been able to shut down. <laughs> all right. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.